Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich man Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts It's been almost 3,000 years, and Greek mythology has proved that it is not going anywhere. But it can be difficult to find entertaining and engaging retellings of these myths that aren't fictionalized. Lucky for you, I'm here. Let's Talk About Myths Baby is the Greek mythology and ancient history podcast of your dreams. I dive into the convoluted and confusing ancient sources so you don't have to. Listen to Let's Talk About Myths Baby on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. When they're in our human world, rabbits can be interesting pets, a source of food, assistants in classic magician stage shows, or animal models in laboratory tests. Of course, we hope that in all of these cases, the rabbits in question are being treated by the humans in question with the utmost care. But did you know that from the 1930s to the early 1960s, lab rabbits were a key element in human pregnancy tests? It's true, and it's even weirder than it sounds, because it involved injecting those rabbits with human urine. But Let's back up a little here. The basic principles behind testing urine for pregnancy date back thousands of years and continue to this day. Historians believe the physicians of ancient Egypt were the first to discover a method of detecting pregnancy through the study of urine. We've talked about this one on the show before. By 1400 BCE or so, ancient Egyptian women could determine whether they were pregnant by urinating in two different bags, one filled with barley and the other with wheat. If the grain in either bag sprouted, it meant she was expecting. 
Fast forward all the way to the 1960s, a study found that this is actually accurate about 70% of the time because the elevated estrogen levels in a pregnant person's urine can promote seed growth. What wasn't accurate was the attempt to determine the sex of the child based on which sprouted first, barley for boys, wheat for girls, but still not bad. And historians think this marked the beginning of medical urine examination and potentially laboratory medicine itself. More than 3,000 years of urine examination, also called uroscopy or urinalysis, have followed, with varying accuracy. There was a bit of an expose in the 1600s in London that called out fraudulent physicians using urine to diagnose pregnancy and lots of other conditions. The whistleblower referred to these frauds as piss profits. But urine research continued. And meanwhile, in the late 1890s, scientists discovered the existence of hormones. A hormone is a product that cells make to regulate specific cellular activities, such as cell growth and division. And in the 1920s, scientists pinpointed a specific hormone called human chorionic gonadotropin. It's also called HCG because that's much easier to say. This hormone is found almost exclusively in the blood and urine of pregnant people, though we now know that certain cancers also produce it in anyone. But, intrigued by this hormone's link to pregnancy, a couple of German researchers set out to develop a method of testing for HCG in urine. They decided to exploit the fact that hormones from one animal can generate biological responses in the bodies of other species, sort of like those sprouting seeds. They discovered that by injecting female mice with a pregnant woman's urine, they could stimulate the mice's ovaries and cause them to go into heat within a few days. They called this test the AZ test. We'll note here that just as analyzing urine has a long history in medical science, so too has the use of animals. While often controversial and hopefully replaceable by technology in the future, a number of experiments on animals, called bioassays, have led to important breakthroughs in medical science. Anyway, during the 1930s, researchers applied the AZ test's methodology to two other species. In South Africa, researchers adapted it for use in frogs, inventing the Hogbin test. The frogs would lay eggs if the urine they were injected with contained HCG. This test was used tens of thousands of times in the 1940s through the 1960s. And at the University of Pennsylvania Medical School, one Dr. Maurice Friedman made a breakthrough with rabbits. Similar to mice, if HCG is present in urine injected into female rabbits, the urine stimulates changes to the rabbit's ovaries within just a few days. The HCG basically fools the rabbit's body into temporarily thinking it's pregnant, and the rabbit's ovaries produce temporary tissue structures that a researcher can spot. The urine injection itself didn't harm the rabbit, or the mice, or frogs, but unfortunately, the fastest way to check the ovaries of the mammals was to euthanize and dissect the animal. Thousands of rabbits were sacrificed every year, to the point that the rabbit died became a euphemism for saying that someone was pregnant. The frogs, however, were unharmed and uh, reusable. Luckily for the bunnies, though, the first immunoassay that could test directly for HCG in a sample of urine was developed in 1960. Immunoassays are tests that use specific molecules called antibodies that can bind onto whatever type of particle you're looking for in some detectable way. Maybe it makes the sample clump up, 
Or maybe the antibody is attached to an enzyme that will change the color of a test strip from white to blue. And yes, today's at-home COVID tests are also immunoassays. But it took over a decade to turn this initial discovery into something really usable for pregnancy testing. It involved a lot of research and societal changes, including advancements in prenatal care and the legalization of most abortions at a national level via the Supreme Court's decision in Roe v. Wade in 1973, both of which incentivized being able to detect pregnancy as soon as possible. At that time, the best tests available had to be sent away to a lab and were only reliable for detecting pregnancy at six weeks or later. The first home pregnancy test that's more or less equivalent to the ones we know today was approved for home use in 1976 and was on store shelves by early 1978. With a sample of urine, it could display a result within two hours, though it wasn't as accurate as early as today's tests are. Modern pregnancy tests still involve detecting HCG, but have gotten more sensitive, meaning they can detect smaller amounts of it sooner in a pregnancy. Okay, A person's body starts producing HCG when a fertilized egg implants itself, hopefully in the prepared lining of the uterus. See our previous episode on how human conception works for more on that. But basically, under normal circumstances, a person will ovulate about a week after their last period. And if that ovulated egg is fertilized, it'll implant about a week after that. So that's two weeks into a pregnancy, because pregnancies are calculated from the end of a person's last period. And that's when the pregnant body starts producing HCG. The presence and or levels of HCG in a person's body can be detected in two ways, via blood test or via urine test. A blood test is a little more accurate, but also more invasive. You have to get blood drawn, and often more expensive. You have to go to a medical care provider to get your blood drawn and send the sample to a lab. Uh, But a blood test can detect the presence or quantity of HCG in your blood as early as two to three weeks into a pregnancy, so before you would have ever missed your period, though it can take a day or more to get the lab results back. A urine test is more common because even though it's a little less accurate, especially early in a pregnancy, it's cheaper, can be done anywhere, and the results are pretty much immediate. These are done by either collecting a sample of urine and dipping a testing strip into the sample or by urinating directly on a testing strip. A urine test can generally detect the presence of HCG three to four weeks into a pregnancy, so from slightly before to right after you would have missed your period and the results develop on the strip within a few minutes. These tests do vary a little, so if you're taking one, just read and follow the instructions. But rest assured that there will be no rabbits, frogs, or barley involved. Today's episode is based on the article, How Can a Rabbit Tell Me If I'm Pregnant? on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Robert Lamb. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. 
And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's been almost 3,000 years, and Greek mythology has proved that it is not going anywhere. But it can be difficult to find entertaining and engaging retellings of these myths that aren't fictionalized. Lucky for you, I'm here. Let's Talk About Myths Baby is the Greek mythology and ancient history podcast of your dreams. I dive into the convoluted and confusing ancient sources so you don't have to. Listen to Let's Talk About Myths Baby on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.